I was here a year ago, and it's kind of, kind of weird. A, weird, a year today, a little update. My wife and I are pregnant, and she's six months along. We're expecting a little boy, and he's going to probably watch his dad do this someday, and I'll probably force him to do it too. And, um, but today we're going to talk about what's on our playlist, and we're going to use CrossFit kind of as our metaphor as we walk our way through. And uh, I spent a lot of time doing this crazy, ridiculous fitness movements, and, and I do it hoping for a better version of me a more fitter version of me, a healthier version of me on the other side of the workout. And, and if you do CrossFit, if you have played sports, if you've weightlifted, there's this point in every workout when you're gasping for breath, when you feel like not another rep is possible, when pain is so <laughs> unsurpassable, you're like, no way can I move anymore, and your body just says, stop. And right at that moment, you ask yourself one question, why am I doing this? And it's this stupid, simple moment that bears its ugly head when your mind is like, okay, I am done, but your body says, no, keep going, keep going, keep going. But the confusing part in this question is, we have a choice to stop. You have a choice to quit, to just drop the barbell and walk away. But for me, 99.9% of the time, I have quit before, it has been, been hard enough, 99.9% of the time, I know I have faith that the person on the other side of the workout is going to be a more complete, fundamentally more beautiful version of me when I'm done. And that this perseverance through this suffering will somehow make me new. Different than the person who was keeled over three minutes before telling myself, there's no way you can complete this workout. I have made the choice through CrossFit to understand suffering from a different perspective than the world around me. It serves a uniquely transformational and healthy purpose in my life. And so for today, it's my hope that as God's community, we could use this as a metaphor to interpret our suffering through a different pair of glasses than the world around us. That we would have the clarity and maturity to endure suffering in such a way that makes people ask, why are you doing that? So that people in our schools, jobs, neighborhoods, and families would come to know the faith we have in Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to come right out and say it. I think our American culture has done a terrible job at talking about suffering and this topic, at exploring what it means to really have faith when we're enduring and suffering seasons of pain and anxiety and loss. We have effectively painted suffering as this negative thing that is not allowed in our human experience, that it is in some sense a foreign parasite that keeps us from being normal, it keeps us from being ourself, that things in America, are always supposed to go right. That there's never supposed to be cancer, no hunger. Everyone gets a job, your marriage is going to be perfect. I learned that one this year, right? (laughs) Baby on the way, like, holy cow, wow. Or even, it's going to be easy to get pregnant. That's a story in and of itself. Bad stuff isn't supposed to happen to good people. I've heard that one a lot in our culture. Fill in the blank with whatever you'd like, but if things aren't going our way in America, then it tends to be this response to God. God, you must not love me. Right? How many of you have heard, oh, man, God must not exist. I lost a loved one. or I lost my dog. I think that if we're going to be real honest with ourselves, Faith is something that we oftentimes choose to opt out of in those moments. 
that when stuff gets really hard, faith becomes the last thing we turn to. Faith is something that we've kept safely in our pocket and pulled out whenever we felt like it. It's, it's the Bible on our coffee table or the Christmas tree in the corner or the Easter service we tend to go to once a year. Faith isn't necessarily a driving force that we choose to live by. And if we look at ourselves that way, if we see that reflection in the mirror, I think we can start to begin to explore some real honest questions. That I, I, I really think within each one of us that, that there's this desire to explore, a, to, to explore a perspective that is more profound, more meaningful when stuff gets really hard. Something that we can really cling to, cling to, to make sense of when stuff gets really tough. And I think the question that I would like to say that in times when I'm really struggling, that I would like to say in response to those times is, I'm going to be faithful even when dark moments seem dark. I'm going to trust God even though everything in me doesn't want to. I think the person that we can turn to to really explore this this question is Jesus. And Jesus gives us this opportunity to examine ourselves in the mirror and explore a type of hopeful perspective when it comes to suffering. He pushes us to really reframe this question, reframe the idea of suffering into something that we can endure through instead of run from. And in the final moments of his life, um, many of you probably are familiar with the story. Jesus is hanging on the cross, and he's been up there for a long time, and he's looking down. And as he's looking down, there are people coming in and out of the city, passing by, and they're, they're poking fun at him. They're like, hey, you saved others. Why don't you save yourself? Hey, you said you were the son of God. Why don't you just call on God to save you? And even really religious people are, are, are tossing insults at him and, and saying all sorts of cruel things. And, and, and Jesus gives this remarkable response. He says this. It's right at the end of his life, right when he takes his last breath. From noon to three... The whole earth was dark. Around mid-afternoon, Jesus groaned out of the depths, crying loudly, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? My question for you is this. Have you been there? Have you, has stuff been so tough where, where you read that story and you're like, Man, I, I maybe not, I'm not hung on a cross, but I've certainly been there. God, where have you gone? Have you asked that question before? I feel empty. How could this have happened to me? I thought it would be hard, but this is crazy. Why am I always on the outside? Are these similar questions? Anyone? Ringing a bell? Anyone? Bueller, right? I don't know if you guys do a lot of reading, but my dad loves Vince Flynn, and Vince Flynn is like this iconic figure uh, in the writing world, especially in Minnesota, and, and he's this, this guy who um, writes these assassin spy novels, right? Something like that, Dad. And he was just, okay, he's, he's this awesome writer, and uh, he died this 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 month. He died a week ago, and uh, of prostate cancer at 47. And he's got kids, and really, kind of his mission, and you know, he kind of changed the face of spy novels because. He wrote from a really cool political perspective and bent, but what he really did for people, especially men, is he was a voice for, for power and strength through prostate cancer and how to be a father and, and, and a husband during that time. And, and I was reading some things on him, and uh, in his last moments, this was, this was crazy, in his last moments, 
he, he was laying on his deathbed, and, and he had his wife pass him his cell phone. And he texted, he had, a, he had a prearranged set of people he wanted to contact in his last moments. And he texted these letters to them. KTF. Keep the faith. And I thought, well, what, a, what, a, what a weird phrase to say. You know, like, what, what would you say in your last moments? And, and here he just chooses one phrase, keep the faith. We're going to explore that a little bit more, but, but I, I think the world mocks what they don't understand. Just like Christ on the cross, the world mocks what they don't understand. It's confusing. And this, this is where, in the gospel story, I think, the artist community calls it the inner critic. This is when the inner critic moment for Jesus really begins to, to knock on his door and try to break him. Right? There are many times in our lives when the inner critic that's buried deep inside of us all of a sudden shows his head, Zach, you're preaching today, you're going to suck. You're going to suck. You're not going to do well. Right? Or, or you're playing in a baseball game today, you're going to strike out. You're not as good as you think you are. It's the inner critic voice. I mean, how many of you have got that little demon in the back of your head, shows up every once in a while? You're not as pretty as you think you are. <laughs> you think you're pretty. Like, maybe there's some issues there. But, it, but you, you're not, not as good of a, as a writer as you think you are, Vince Flynn. And that's why I use this is because Vince Flynn understands the inner critic, right? It's that inner voice that makes us doubt our purpose, our self-worth, our identity, our marriage, our ability to stay sober, our ability to get out of bed in the morning, and our ability to persevere. The inner critic says during the season of suffering, I'm going to defeat you. It's the inner critic in our mind saying, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this workout? Just stop. You can't do it. So let's take a look at why Jesus says this phrase. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? At first glance, it seems like Christ has flipped, right? The tables have turned. Christ has lost his faith. And I think there are some scholars that will argue um, this is the point at which Jesus has to separate himself from the Father because he's taken on the sin of the world. And I'm just going to push back on that analogy. I'm going to say, that's good. I'm going to try for something different, okay? Stick with me. I think that this moment on the cross is the most artistic and creative moment that Jesus ever had in his vocational career as a minister. This is his keep the faith text in his last minutes. In the moments of his greatest distress, Jesus doesn't deny his faith. He quotes an ancient hymn. The opening line in the statement of Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out to you by day. and You do not answer by night, but I find no rest. So Jesus quotes this psalm on the cross. And we tend to think of the Bible sometimes as one whole book, but really it's a bunch of whole books, sometimes really confusing, and it's full of all sorts of genres, and and, and they all really talk about one thing, God's relationship to us. They tell some type of cohesive big narrative that comes all together. And in the book of Psalms, in many ways, is this ancient hymnal. 
And it's kind of confusing to preach out of a hymn, right? You'd probably never preach out of a David Crowder song today or, you know, a Chris Tomlin song. It's just, it's, an ancient, it's kind of an odd practice. But I think, I think we do this, we're doing this series because I think hymns and music have really powerful, uh, hold really powerful things within our heart. Um, and just, just like the hymns back then and today, we have to ask, what did these hymns do for them? What did this hymn do for Christ? What do, what do worship songs do for us today? What is their purpose? What is their function for me, you, the church, and God's community? And I think it's really simple. Hymns reflect how we feel towards God. Am I thankful? Am I filled with praise? Am I feeling abandoned? What, whatever topic it might be, they, they recognize ourselves as creation and put God as creator, right? They're a positional stance down on our knees. Whatever feeling we have, we're recognizing that we are second to God. We are somehow his workers and he is our master, right? And at the heart, the very core of each hymn, each one of us, if we were being examined, and I was looking at your heart in that moment as you, were, as you were singing that hymn, it would be a desire to be faithful. Whatever moment it might be, if I were to look into your heart at that moment as you were singing that song of praise or that song of lament, the window into your heart would be, is this person's heart, does this person's heart have the desire to be faithful? And my theological response to Christ on the cross in Psalm 20, with Psalm 22 is this, is Jesus is being faithful. Jesus is reframing his suffering by singing an ancient hymn. I think sometimes to the eye of the beholder, what may sound like groans and cries of agony may sound different to God. And in his final moments, Jesus is worshiping God. And this is really cool. Really cool. Now, pardon the cliche, but check yourself before you wreck yourself because I'm not convinced that that would have been my first response on the cross. The point at which you say, God, even though it feels like you abandoned, you've abandoned me, I'm going to still trust you. I trust that on the other side of this cross, on the other side of Jesus' CrossFit workout, right, that you will make me a more beautiful version of me. I'm not convinced that that would have ever been my response. And I think as far as America goes, as far as how we really perceive suffering in, in, with the world around us, the negativity that it has, this is a really healthy dose of Christian perspective. This is why we're different than the world around us. See, for the Christian community, suffering does not mean that God doesn't love you, right? It doesn't mean that God doesn't exist or that God has abandoned you. For the Christian community, suffering means keep the faith. You are being made new. If you hear anything from me today, that's the lens in which we should understand our suffering. Keep the faith. You are being made new. So another famous writer in the Christian church, I would say that Vince Flynn, man, what a 
What a great witness to his writing at the end of his life, just a simple text. Christ, what a great author. What a great writer at the end of his life. Paul goes back and he reflects on the end of Christ's life. Paul's an apostle. He did all sorts of crazy things for Christ. And um, he says this in Philippians. I want to know Christ. Yes. To know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in death and so somehow attaining in the resurrection from the dead. Paul understands suffering from a bigger picture. And that bigger picture is resurrection. Paul sees that suffering, even in death, leads to resurrection. It leads to new life. That no matter what you're going through, even if you get up the next day and you wake up from your bed, that's your resurrection moment to start new. Or the prayer you have to pray during the day at work to get yourself through. Or the moment in the bathroom where you have to control your anger from yelling at your spouse because you haven't done the dishes and you're really tired. When you leave that bathroom, that is your resurrection moment. That's your opportunity to be someone new. So I'm going to close with this. The end of the video. So he's being congratulated by his buddies here. He's literally screaming out, I hate, I hate this workout, I hate this workout. He turned up the volume. He's just totally dead. It's like, I'll never do this workout ever again. I think this is what the Christian community does when someone's suffering, right? They, they walk you through, they come up to you, they congratulate you. Say welcome to the other side of your suffering. Just gone. Just gone. And then he gets up. He gets a good hug. This, oh, that's all right. This is, this is suffering made new. This is the image that we need to think about. This is the, the moment when you come back to life and you realize, I made it through. This is the Christian perspective. As terrible as it was on the other side of suffering, there's resurrection. So if you want to know Christ, if you're here today and you, you don't know Christ, want to know who he is, then know this. Keep the faith. Suffering does not win in Christ. Amen.